You're listening to the Spoiling Dead podcast, where we zombie walk our way through all things The Walking Dead. On this episode, a character from the first season makes his shocking return, and we chat with our friends from the Spoiling Dead fan site. Ah, Morales. How we missed thee, or we forgot you even existed. (laughs) This is the Spoiling Dead podcast. I'm your host, Troy L. Smith. We are not affiliated with The Walking Dead, but we sure are obsessed with it. And you can check out all of our content at cleveland.com backslash walking hyphen dead. Might as well jump right into the thing that most people are talking about, the ending of this past Sunday's episode, where we saw Morales, the character from the first season who we haven't seen since the end of uh, a battle that took place in the camp that Shane, Lori, Andrea, Dale had started outside Atlanta early on, got attacked by walkers. Uh, Morales and his family were there to fend them off, but once Rick and company decided to head to the CDC, Morales was out heading to Alabama to meet with some family of his, and we did not see him again until Sunday night when he pointed a gun at Rick's head inside one of the Savior's outposts. So we're guessing that things did not go smoothly for Morales and his family, considering he's now with the Savior's. Really shocking uh, pull for The Walking Dead there at the end. I I thought it was great. I thought Heath would be the character that would return during Season 8. That may still happen, but it's really cool to see Morales there, adding another layer to this all-out war. Um, obviously Rick will kill him. It's just a, just a guess, but we're not sure about that. Another interesting thing about Morales is he was the character originally, you know, rumored to be part of Fear the Walking Dead and maybe the bridge to that spinoff. Um, and he's even listed on IMDB, which isn't always the best source for information on shows or movies, but he was listed there as part of Fear the Walking Dead. So a lot of people expected him to show up on that series, but here he is again, on the walking dead and it'll 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 be cool to see what happened to morales's family we're guessing nothing good and where his mindset's at and if that gun he's pointing at rick's head is the gun that rick gave him before he left atlanta uh, and that would really suck for rick also in sunday night's episode we saw eric get shot something we all thought was coming in some of the trailer scenes where aaron is mourning something's covered in blood what is going on his boyfriend eric has been shot in the abdomen we don't know if he's dead or alive we're gonna guess that that will be played out in the next episode i'm gonna say he's dead dies in the comic book this would really push aaron's character along so uh, that's my guess uh also morgan just going ballistic with killing every savior he can get his hands on then we get to jared <laughs> i'm all for jesus playing the role of jesus uh and stopping tara and morgan from really killing any and everyone but jared had it coming I think we can all agree Jesus should have gave Morgan a pass on that one and just completely taken Jared out. That would have been fantastic. I think we're building up to a little bit of a conflict between Jesus and Morgan. That wouldn't surprise me based on some scenes from the trailer. I also like this idea sort of playing on where do you draw the line? You know, Rick's group is taking on, you know, the saviors in the all-out war. Presumably if they win, what's intact after that? Are you still the same people or do you inevitably become what the saviors were now? That's kind of a theme we're seeing. We didn't get any of the old, the future Rick, whether it's the old man Rick or teary-eyed Rick, so fans are still left hanging on what all that might mean. You know, that's to be expected. We also got to see Shiva, who is still alive. So long live Shiva. And to shed some light on this, we have a special treat for you this week. Um, we, we chatted with the people from The Spoiling Dead. Now, if you don't know what The Spoiling Dead is, it is the number one 
spoiler community for any series on TV, but most poignantly, obviously, The Walking Dead. And the Spoiling Dead's Facebook page has gotten huge to the point where they're up to nearly half a million likes. Uh, this is a site that foretell what's going to happen. They have another private community where they unleash their spoilers. It was interesting to talk to Shiny and Ninja, which are the names they go by, and I got to ask how this all started. This started with um, me being a, a member of a couple of other forums in the past and, you know, just not liking the atmosphere. I, I was really getting into the spoiler aspect of it, so I kind of hooked up with Prime Tolly, the, the guy I mentioned with before. He actually had a Facebook page, very small, 500 people, called The Spoiling Dead, and um, we just started talking. We were sharing information in, in 2013, no, 14, February. We decided to go ahead and merge together and create a full website with a page um, and just kind of just put our spin on things. We had goals of being, you know, integrity, um, making sure that we backed up our words with sources, protecting our sources, and accuracy. Now, the Spoiling Dead got to a point where they even popped up on AMC's radar. You know, uh, right around the time that the show was teasing who Negan killed and it wound up being Glenn and Abraham, the Spoiling Dead had it dead to rights early on, posted the spoiler, and then got a letter from AMC, a cease and desist, and all hell broke loose for them. AMC was allegedly reaching out to people who were posting the spoilers, releasing out, reaching out to some other fans. It got pretty intense, and I wanted to ask Shiny if that was still a problem for them. No, actually. Um, ever since the Lucille debacle of last year, where we did face some issues, we've kind of taken a step back and we changed the way we do things and um, moved our biggest spoilers to a private group and on our mm -hmm. forum. So they don't get, they, you know, they get, they do get posted around, they get spread around, but it's not nearly as much, and we kind of have just a little bit more of a handle on where they're going, um, not completely, but we kind of made it known that, you know, in the court of public opinion, that they weren't going to, you know, just be able to send takedown notices to us, and we were going to just roll over. You know, we were willing to do our part, and we feel like we have. One thing that's interesting about the spoiling dead and its popularity is this culture of spoilers. You know, when I was growing up and even before that, spoilers were unheard of. You know, if there was a cliffhanger at the end of a season, you just waited. You know, whether it was who shot Mr. Burns or who shot JR, you really maybe speculating as a water cooler discussion throughout the summer, and then you had to wait for that to come back. But now spoilers for series like Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. You Some think that it adds to the ratings, adds to the buzz, but clearly The Spoiling Dead has hit on something that uh, people have gotten attached to. And I was able to ask Shiny and Ninja, Ninja who's their chief spoiler operator, if you will, spoiler generator, that's what I'll call her, about that culture of spoilers. For the most part, people have a million and one reasons of why they like spoilers from my children watch the show and I want to know what's coming up to I have severe anxiety to I don't like gore. Um, or just pure morbid curiosity. Yeah. For some, it just enhances their experience. They like knowing beforehand, helps them enjoy the episodes, you know, better. I mean, it's, it's, it's all different. You know, the people behind The Spoiling Dead, they really attach to the series. They read the comic book. Uh, they probably have as much knowledge as anyone on Robert Kirkman's overall story and how that translates to the TV series. So I was interested to get their take on 
the future Rick storyline, what they think is going on, uh, and put the pieces together and give us their educated guesses on what we might be seeing moving forward. I think that so there's two future Rick timelines going on in that vision, okay? Right. You've got the teary-eyed Rick, super sad, terrifying. Um, and then, of course, you've got the um, the old man Rick, okay? So we believe that the crying red-eyed Rick is an actual timeline that we will see play out later in the show. And take from that what you will, what would make Rick look like that, that's something to keep in mind, but I think we will see that play out on the show. We have talked a lot about the, the graves, the two graves, and I know that's kind of making its way around yeah. um, different magazines. And, you know, I, the first time I saw him, yes, I thought it was Glenn, Glenn and Abraham, but it didn't take me long to, think, to realize they're, number one, they're in the wrong spot. They're the wrong angle. It's the wrong sticks. And if you put that, that picture side by side from when Maggie visited Glenn and Abe last year, it's different. So either, you know, one, they move the bodies. Two, we have the worst props and continuity department in the industry. Or three, it's just simply not Glenn and Abe. You know, there's two fresh graves there. And as Ninja said, there was a reason that Rick is crying and a reason that he was struggling in that moment to remember what he was fighting for. One of the most polarizing things about The Walking Dead last season and even heading into the premiere episode is Negan. Has he translated well from the comic book? Uh, he's, he's really been controversial. Some people think he might be ruining the series. I'm among them, full disclosure. Uh, others like Jeffrey Dean Morgan's portrayal of him. I've got nothing against Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I think he's great. I was interested to see uh, what Shiny and company think of Negan and if he can really exist in this world with Rick moving forward. So I feel he's a little bit um, too cartoonish. I feel like they really he they tried to rip him out of the comic and stick him in there. And this is a television show. Yeah, it doesn't always translate well. And um, he's the poor man is going to break his back one of these times, <laughs> leaning like that. No kidding. I, I don't know where that came from. I, I don't know how that happens, but um, you know he's he's doing the best he can with the lines he's given, and those are lines from the comic. But I don't know that he has the physical presence that we expected of Negan. He's definitely got that sinister vibe going. But as far as that imposing character that's going to be needed later on, you know, if they decide to go the Whisperer's route, I'm I'm not sure that he's quite got that. I mean, I, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he does a great job with what he has. I think he's great. Um, they're charming, very – I mean, he's pulling the lines right out of the comics. Um, but I do agree with Shiny that it's a little cartoonish, but so, – I mean, sometimes I love it, though. Like, sometimes we'll shout out those one-liners, and I just find myself giggling. I don't care if it's stupid. It's just, it amuses me, so I go with it, you know? (laughs) And lastly, I was interested because the Spoiling Dead is so invested in The Walking Dead. There's this idea thrown out by the showrunners that The Walking Dead could last upwards of 20 seasons, which sounds ridiculous, but who knows with a popularity that even you know, above 10 million viewers is a minimum for the series. When do the people from The Spoiling Dead think the show will end? Should it end? And, and what? how much longer 
we can really hang on to this. There has to be a close end point because you get to a point where you're just you're just treading water. I mean, I think about shows like Breaking Bad, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. They knew a starting point. They knew an ending point. They knew how they were going to get there. They only did it in, you know, very few seasons. And it was a great show. The story is just beautiful. It's one of those I will watch over and over again. Um, you know, even Game of Thrones. They know where they're starting, kind of know where they're ending their best of books. But still, at this show, it's like, I don't think they know where they're ending. I don't think they know what their end point's going to be. So they're just kind of just stuffing around. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm still always going to find things that I, I love in the show, even if I feel like the writing's going downhill or whatnot. I'm still able to always find something positive about it because then look at this long and the, the characters. I mean, you get attached to them. Once again, it was a true treat to chat with the people from The Spoiling Dead. Sh- thanks to Shiny and Ninja, I've been a fan of the spoiler site for quite some time, and it really uh, gives you much more insight into the series. And if you really want to participate in a great live chat that's going on during Sunday's episodes, you can visit the Spoiling Dead uh, Facebook page where you're able to do live chats and really find like-minded people that uh, can can give you some insight into things that you're questioning about the episode, things you might like, you might not like. It's really a cool forum. That's all we've got. You know, once again, I just want to emphasize that we're all happy Shiva's alive. That's a key for me. And we'll, we'll see you guys next week's episode, and hopefully Shiva's still alive then. I'm not hopeful, but I am holding out hope.